James chapter number four, and um, just going to lift out a phrase tonight that um, has been on my heart this week. And uh, boy, it was a great service this morning, wasn't it? God knew what we needed and uh, knew exactly what what to preach uh, this morning or what uh, what kind of service we needed. Knew I didn't need to preach this morning. But I appreciate him moving in our midst. James chapter number four. If you're able to stand with us in reverence to the word of God in prayer. And uh, we won't read but a phrase out of one verse tonight. But uh, this uh, it's a very important phrase and it's where we'll draw the message from tonight. James chapter four. And we'll begin reading in verse number six. Notice this phrase here. But he giveth more grace. But he giveth more grace. Father. I want to thank you for the word of God tonight. Thank you for your people. Lord, thank you for the the generous offering that was given this morning for the missionaries. And Lord, we thank you for this grace-given Sunday. Lord, how we've been reminded. God, I pray now these next few moments you'll take the word of God and speak to our hearts. Help us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. May we not say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit in any way. And Lord, for what you do, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it all. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach tonight on this subject on the ultimate grace giver. The ultimate grace giver. When you think about that this evening and you think about the grace of God, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 10, but the God of all grace who shall keep you. Uh, let me just read it, First Peter chapter 5, and stay there in James because that's really where we're going to preach from tonight. Uh, but the verse just left my mind. But in First Peter chapter number 5, uh, Peter closes out this epistle here as he in chapter 5, as he has given them many instructions. And in verse number 10, he said, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So the word of God declares him to be the God of all grace. He is the ultimate grace giver. Oftentimes you see in the Pauline epistles as they would open us, Paul would open that epistle with a salutation, a greeting. He would talk about the grace of God and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's true tonight because the grace is what we receive from God and the peace is what we receive from the Son. Amen. Jesus said, peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. But I'm thankful for the grace of God that has been given unto us. There is no grace like God's grace. Amen. In Ephesians 2 and verse number 8, it talks about that he's got saving grace. As it said, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then in 1 Corinthians 15 in verse number 10, we know that he's got serving grace. In Romans 5, and verse number 17, God has sanctifying grace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, in verses 1 through 9, he's got sacrificing grace. And in Colossians 3, in verse number 16, he's got singing grace that will help you through the hard times and the difficult times of life. In Colossians 4, in verse number 6, uh, he's got speaking grace. Uh, as God calls, he qualifies those who he calls. And then in 2 Timothy 2, and verse number 1, he's got strength grace, grace uh, that will help you beyond measure. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 10 we just read, he's got suffering grace. Amen. I'm glad I can say tonight that God has grace for the 
young, but he's got grace for the old, amen. He's got grace for the bond, but he's got grace for the free, amen. He's got grace for the wise, and he's got grace for the unwise. He's got grace for the guilty, but he's got grace for the innocent. God has grace tonight when you're up, and he's got grace when you're down. God had grace yesterday, he has grace today, and he'll have grace tomorrow, amen. He's got grace for the race. He's got grace for every place. He's got grace for every space in life. God's got grace for every face. I'm telling you, God has more grace than you and I have sin. The Bible says, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. I'm not just talking about any grace, but I'm talking about marvelous grace. I'm talking about matchless grace. I'm talking about miracle working grace. I'm talking about much grace and we're talking about more grace. We're talking about grace that'll see you through the desert. A grace that'll help you through the storm. A grace that'll get you up the rough side of the mountain. A grace that'll meet you down in the valley low. I'm talking about grace when you're weeping. Amen. A grace when you're wondering. A grace when you're weary. A grace, my friend, when you don't know what you're gonna do. There is grace for the race. I'm talking about God. He is the God of all grace. He's got grace for every nation. He's got grace for every generation. He's got grace for every denomination. He's got grace for you and he's got grace for me. And he's got grace for those that have never heard the gospel. He is the God of all grace. Amen. You know what's better than 1 Peter 5, 10, the God of all grace? It's the text that we're gonna preach from tonight and that is only one thing could be better than chapter five and verse 10, him declaring him to be the God of all grace and it's what James said when James said, but he giveth more grace, amen. I'm telling you, friend, the Bible says that in Ephesians 2, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, amen. If you think you've experienced the grace of God now, wait till we get to the other side uh, because I tell you what God's going to do. He's just going to turn over another page uh, and show us another chapter of another side uh, of the grace of God uh, that we've never seen before. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, God uh, has got rivers of grace uh, and he's got oceans of grace uh, and he's got reservoirs of grace. Uh, He is the eternal God uh, of all grace and glory. Uh, The Bible said in Psalms uh, that the Lord God is a son and shield and the Lord will give grace and glory. Amen. I'm telling you friend 30 years ago in a little storefront building on a hot summer day I listen got baptized in the marvelous wonderful miracle working grace of an almighty God and can I tell you friend I've been walking in rivers of grace ever since the day of salvation. I'm glad just like Ruth found it out in the field. I thank God one day a grace picked me up. Grace took me out of nothing and grace put me in everything. Don't you thank God for his grace this evening. Amen. That's what this Sunday's all about. It's about grace. 
And in this little phrase here this, this evening, but he giveth more grace. There is five things. I probably won't preach all five of them, but there's five things in this little phrase here we ought to consider concerning this grace. Amen. I think first of all, if you'll notice, there's just five words in this little phrase, but he giveth more grace. But isn't that interesting that there's just five words in that little phrase? And you know what the number five is in the Bible? What it represents? The number five represents the grace of God, amen. I don't think that's an accident that in this little phrase about grace that the number five represents grace, that he is the God of all grace and that he gives more grace, amen. See, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're at or what you're going through. I promise you this, God's got the grace to see you through. He's got the grace to bring your children home. He's got the grace, my friend, to answer any prayer that you need answered. You say, preacher, how strong is the grace of God? It is strong enough that the book of Hebrews uh, uh, chapter two and verse number nine said that he was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of, de- of death, uh, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. If you wanna know what helped Jesus on the cross, uh, it was the grace of God, amen. And if the grace of God is strong enough uh, to see Christ through Calvary, then the grace of God God is strong enough to see you and I through any trouble or any trial or any dark time that we'll ever face in life. God has grace, amen. Let's consider these five things and we'll be through. I want you to see, first of all, let's consider the contrast. Notice the first word there, the word but. When you think about that word this uh, this evening, we know that the word and and the word but, that both of them are conjunctions. Uh, the word and, my friend, is a conjunction that links, links things together. If you say red, white, and blue, it has drawn them together. But the word but uh, is a contrasting conjunction meaning, my friend, that in opposite of what has just been said, something else is about to be stated. Remember Romans 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. But I'm glad the verse don't stop there. There's that little word, but. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When you think about the contrast of this grace, there is no reason why that God should have ever shown grace on me or God should have ever showed grace on you when you think about who we were when you think about how we lived when you think about how wicked and sorry and low down we are God could have let every one of us dropped off into hell and he'd have still been God oh but I'm glad he put a butt in there I'm glad thank God you don't know what I used to be you don't know how I used to live but thank God because of grace I don't go the places I used to go. I don't do the things I used to do. I don't live the way I used to live. It's an absolute contrast. That's what grace does for us. Hallelujah. There's the contrast. You must consider that you you and I are where we're at today because of grace. Say, preacher, I was raised in church all my life. Doesn't make no difference. You could have been a religious Pharisee or a religious sinner on the road to hell. And the only reason you're saved is because of grace. 
Boy, I mean, it does good to go back down memory's lane tonight. Remember who you used to be before God saved you. Your lips may have never touched alcohol. You may have never smoked dope, but it doesn't make no difference. In your heart of hearts, you was just as filthy, just as vile, just as black your soul was, uh, just as lost, uh, just as sinful, just as wicked. Even as a little child, David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. Oh, but for grace. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, grace butted in. I'm glad that grace stepped into my life. Uh, I'm glad that grace took us off the road of destruction and put us on a road that was leading to life. I'm talking about the contrast of this grace, amen. Let's consider not only the contrast, but consider the creator. As the Bible says, but he giveth more grace. Friend, I wanna tell you tonight, the grace in James 4 is not just any grace. It's his grace. Well, I thought about growing up, I appreciate my mother's grace, don't you? And I appreciate times when my dad showed grace. Wasn't a whole lot, but you thank God for it. I mean, listen, you appreciate when others show grace on you, when they show mercy on you. But I wanna tell you, there is no grace like the grace of God because mother's grace and father's grace could not save you. Mother's grace and father's grace could not pull you out of the pit that you're in. But I'm telling you, listen, God's grace, it knows no limits, it knows no boundaries. There's There's no wall it can't go through. There's no enemy it can't defeat. Listen, there's no arsenal that it can't penetrate. I'm talking about his grace. It's wonderful grace. It's marvelous grace. It's good grace. It's blessed grace. It's holy grace. It's true grace. It's splendid grace. It's glorified grace. It's precious grace. It's powerful grace. It's wonderful grace. It is God's grace. It's heavenly grace. It's spiritual grace. It's supplying grace. It's wonder working grace. I'm talking about his grace. Consider the creator's grace, amen. You know, if a king showed grace on us, well, we'd all want to tell everybody about it, wouldn't we? I mean, if the president showed grace, now that would be grace, wouldn't it? But if he showed grace, everybody'd want a picture of it. They'd want to tell everybody about it. If you went to some foreign land and some king graced you with their presence and let you come into their palace and sit at their table and eat their food and sleep in their bed and wear their clothes and, and enjoy uh, their, their habitats, you know what you would do? Why, you'd come back and tell the whole world about it. But can I tell you something? His grace is even better than that. He brought us into his family. He washed us in his blood. He birthed us by his spirit. He sealed us with his spirit. He gave us his name. He called us his own. He adopted us. He brought us in the family, took us in the fold. He set us down at the table. He's given us a book that we'll never never hunger again. I'm talking about that's grace. It's the God of grace. The same God that hung the sun and the same God that hung the moon and the same God that thrust out the stars and the same God that meted out the heavens. That's the same God that gets you up every morning and gives you grace to get up and grace to go on and grace to live your day and grace to go to bed at night. You may not be enjoying this, but I'm enjoying it. I'm talking about His grace. There's nothing like His grace. Hallelujah. 
Boy, when his grace shows up, it makes all the difference. When a loved one is dying and everybody's gathered in, those weeping tears and heavy hearts uh, will continue to flow, but when his grace comes in, there's just a peace uh, that words cannot uh, uh, cannot put in, uh, uh, cannot speak about. When his grace shows up, uh, that loved one that's about to make the cross and looking death square in the face uh, can look at those around uh, and say, I'll meet you in the morning. Uh, I'll see you on the bright river side. Uh, hey, friend, that's grace. Uh, grace when you live, uh, grace when you Serving, but grace when you're dying, that's his grace, amen. Talking about consider the creator. Consider the contrast, but then consider the contribution. The Bible says, notice that third word, but he giveth. You say, preacher, why do I need to give to missions? Because God gives to missions. Why does he give tithes and offerings? You think I ought to give extra? Boy, God gave extra, didn't he? That's not a guilt trip. That's a fact. Amen. I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. Now listen, if you don't want to put a dime in missions, you can answer to God at the judgment seat for that. You don't got to tell me nothing about it. But I'm telling you the reason we give to missions is not to boast. It's not to, it's not to say that we do anything extra. It's because God is a giver. You want to talk about mission giving, I'll tell you what it is. I'm not talking about putting a dollar in the plate. I'm not talking about putting $100 in the plate. If you want to talk about mission giving, let's talk about the ultimate grace giver. That's when God, my friend, gave his son and his son left heaven and came to a foreign world in a foreign land and he walked amongst sinners for 33 years and he died like a criminal, but he rescued the perishing. Thank God had he not gave, you and I wouldn't be saved. God, he gave the greatest contribution that can ever be given, amen. Do you know tonight if somebody walked down this aisle and they put every bit of money they had in the offering plate and said I want to give that to foreign missions it wouldn't even be a drop in the bucket to how much our father gave I don't believe the song that says God searched over heaven to find one willing to be I don't don't believe that brother the Bible said for the foundations of the world here's a lamb that was slain there wasn't no searching over heaven because there wasn't nobody fit. Amen. Amen. God knew everything. Calvary wasn't an accident and it wasn't an afterthought in the mind of God. Before he ever laid the mud seals of this old world, I'm telling you, before he ever formed the hill, I'm telling you, before he ever dug out the valley, God already knew and it was already predetermined. And my friend of the counts on the will of the sovereignty of God, Calvary was already done in God's mind. Jesus was already a lamb that was slain. I'm telling you, friend, Jesus didn't come begrudgingly. They didn't have to pin him down on the cross no he laid his life down he died as no man had ever died before but thank God when he died I'm telling you God turned the lights out in this old world but three days later there came a resurrection morning and thank God the champion of love come out on the other side I'm glad this morning this evening that God gave his son and the son gave his life hallelujah Boy, what a contribution. I mean, if I, if I had a million dollars to give, I could never repay him for what he's gave. Oh, don't ever, I don't think nobody here does. We're in a church that believes about missions. I'm just preaching. Don't ever fuss about giving to missions. Just give.
just give. You say, but preacher, what if this or that? Just give. If you'll give, God will bless you. He said, well, I don't even believe he will. Just give it anyway, and we'll come around and tell you later. We told you so. Amen. Isn't that right? Just give. You say, I can't afford to give. You can't afford not to give. I'm telling you, why should others hear the gospel two and three times and four times and ten times when other people around the world's never even heard it one time? There's people around this world, they've never seen a track, never seen a Bible, never seen a missionary, never been to a church service. You want to talk about God being good to us? He let us sit in church on a Sunday night. I'm telling you, let the world run after their pig skin. Let the world have their chance. Let them have, listen, just give me Jesus. This may not be fancy to the world, but I'm I'm telling you when it's all over with tonight and when they wake up tomorrow and they're drunk and stupor and can't even remember what they did last night, I'm glad, thank God, we'll wake up tomorrow. We'll still know who we are. We'll still know who he is. I'm telling you, living for God is the best life you could ever know, amen. And if you could put a price tag on salvation living for Jesus, I promise you tonight, there's not enough money in the world to buy it. So God gave the contribution. Consider not only the contribution, but consider the consistency. The Bible says, but he giveth more. I'm going to tell you something. There's one thing about the grace of God tonight. It's consistent. God gives us grace every day. Do you realize that? Think about how long you've been saved. God gave you grace before you got saved to keep you out of hell. Amen. And mercy. But he gave you grace. He let you breathe his air. He let us breathe his air and live in his world. And we reject the Holy Spirit. Maybe some didn't, but some rejected the Holy Spirit. But yet God was so gracious to come back again and so merciful. He should have slung us out in hell, but yet he loved us. And God said, no. They said, no, but I'm gonna go back. I'm telling you, friend, if I go ask somebody and I, and I try to be kind to somebody and they just turn me away real cold-hearted, there's not too many of us that's gonna go back and try again and try again. And sometimes the old flesh will say, oh, there ain't no use in trying. Why? keep going back they don't even appreciate it but remember when you was lost uh, and remember when I was lost uh, how we slapped the hand of God and said no 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 but one day that loving hand that wooing hand that kept on saying come on uh, I love you anyway Uh, I know you're filthy I know you're rotten I know you're vile I know you're a child of wrath Uh, I know you ought to be in hell but I want you to go to heaven amen Uh, and he reached out and finally one day we waved the old white flag and surrendered and said God I'll come just as I am and God said I'll take you just the way you are but he didn't leave us where he found us amen he brought us up out of that old pit thank God he sealed us and washed us in his blood and he called us his own hallelujah isn't that wonderful and God said for every day that you live down here for every battle you fight for every fear you have for every worry that crosses your mind for every trial, for every trouble, for every hilltop that you ever face, for every tear that ever falls from your eye, from every sleepless night and for every heartbreak and headache that you ever face, God said, I want to tell you something. I've got grace for you. I've got grace when there's no one to lean on. I got grace when you don't know which way to go. I've got grace when others have walked out on you. 
I've got grace. When you've messed up and fouled up and you've, you've thrown a lot of things away and wasted a lot of things along life and you come crawling back and you're sorry and you're battered and you're beaten and you're bruised, God said, I'll just baptize you in more grace and we'll pick up the pieces and we'll just go on again. And God said, you'll stumble from here to glory, but one day you'll stumble into glory, amen? And you'll fall right flat in the lap of the grace of God who's been carrying us all this way. I'm telling you, Hayden, the reason we're here tonight is because God said there'll be more grace tomorrow and there'll be more grace the next day. I'm telling you, God's got new grace for everything we face in life. Isn't that wonderful? When Miss Hughes passed away, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Hughes, when she passed away a few years ago, I remember going to the hospital, me and my wife, and there was people in the hospital there. Uh, all of us was gathered in that little room. And uh, inside there, probably me and her and maybe two other people it was only Christians in that room. And between the rest of them, they were either lost or said they were saved but lived like they were lost. I don't know anything about their life. But what I know, she had been comatose for about five hours, hadn't moved, hadn't said anything. And the doctor said she's losing blood and she's going to die. And so we're standing there. We're just waiting for her to make the crossing. I mean, she's just laying there. Her eyes are shut. Her body's not moving. And we're just waiting for her to make the crossing. I'm going to tell you a few minutes later, and while she's sitting there, there's a little twitch of that hand. And a few minutes later, Brother Jack, she raised both of them hands up. She never even opened her eyes, but she said, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm telling you, I felt grace rolling that room. And a gentleman standing next to me said, what's going on? I said, she's a sea in heaven. What's going on? I said, she's about to make the cross. And amen. I'm here to tell you tonight, I feel God in my soul. It's real. Hallelujah. It's real. Praise God. It's going to be more real on the other side than it is even on this side. But he's got more grace for the journey, hallelujah. And I want to say not only the contribution, not only tonight the, con the consistency, there's one thing tonight you can bank on, grace will never run out. You'll never ask God for it and he'll say, I don't have any more. He's got grace for all of us. And then of course tonight, the last word, there's the content. What is grace tonight? Someone's described it, God's riches at Christ's expense. Others have said it was everything for nothing. Others have said that it's God's unmerited favor. I think tonight every one of those definitions are right. I think that as long as we live, we'll spend our life and eternity trying to somehow, some way, in our feeble vocabulary, express the grace of God. Brother David led that song, I've made it by grace, amazing grace. And old John Newton, I read his life story not too long ago. John Newton, wicked and vile, a slave trader. The reason he got into uh, to being, a, uh, being on the ships and everything was to, to see his own father. He hadn't seen his father much and wanted to see his father. Had spending time on those ships with his father led to such a wicked and such a vile life. Uh, at one point, uh, John Newton lived so wicked and so vile in one storm uh, that he's used such profanity and such perverse language uh, that even the sailors had got down on their knees uh, and was fearful that 
God was going to drown them in the midst of the sea. Do you know God could have baptized that vessel and sent every one of them to hell and he had still been God. But rather than do that, he loved John Newton enough. He brought him up out of the storm, brought him over to the other side, let him hear the gospel and get saved and write one of the greatest songs that's ever been written, my friend. And John Newton is not in hell tonight, but he is a trophy of the grace of God. For John Newton said, if God can save me, then God can save anybody. And I want to join sides with Newton tonight and say that if God can save me, then God can save anybody. Aren't you thankful tonight? Don't you praise God for his wonderful, his marvelous grace? I'm telling you tonight, where would I be? What would I be doing tonight? Who would you be had God not found you and picked you up, amen? It's his grace. It's the most wonderful thing that you'll ever experience. When you get up in the morning, the devil, he loves to go pray with you. You notice that? Brother, he'll be there before you get there a lot of times. He's waiting. And if he's told me this one time, he said it to me a thousand times. I'll start to pray, and that little seed thought will come to my mind. Now, don't you ask God for anything. You know how sorry and low down you are. Ever tell you that? Oh, they don't need you praying. I'll tell you, do you remember you did this and you, you didn't do this over here? He's the accuser of the brethren. You know, you, you said this the other day, and I said, oh, you're right, devil. I need to ask God to forgive me for that. And he'll say, well, you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't pray as much as you should have prayed. I know you're, you're right, devil. I need to ask God to forgive me. God, would you show grace on me? I didn't, I'm glad the devil reminded me I didn't pray enough. You say, you're crazy, preacher. All right, when he gets on me, I talk to him like that. You say, that's crazy. It might be crazy, but I'm going to tell you something. After bringing three or four of them up, he don't bring no more up. Amen. I'm telling you, the only thing I can do is throw myself at his mercy. But he said, let us come boldly, hallelujah, unto the throne of grace. You know what that throne is? It's not a throne of judgment right now. It's a throne of grace. It's a throne of mercy. And God said, I know you're a mess. I know you make a lot of mistakes, but the door's wide open. Come on in for everything you've done wrong. God said, oh, listen, I've got truckloads of grace. If you'll ask for it, I'll give it to you, hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight as they come get us a song ready. Doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. God will save you. Say, preacher, I'm saved, and he'll forgive you. But you ought to get right with God tonight because he giveth more grace. You say, Brother Gravely, you mean if I ask him, he'll give it to me? Yes. Who in this room tonight who in this room tonight has never failed God? Lift your hand. No one can do that. David said, if one should mark iniquities, who can stand? If God pulled the tally sheet out tonight and started marking iniquities and he started right here, by the time he got back there, nobody would be able to stand. That's not the end of that verse. He said, but there is forgiveness with thee. If anybody knew about the forgiveness and the grace of God, I think it'd be David. David, 
David knew about God's grace. I'm telling you tonight, you want a clean slate? God will give you a clean slate tonight. He'll wipe, he'll wipe it all clean. You don't got to live in defeat tonight. You can live in grace. And living in grace is living in victory, friend. And there's grace for the race as we stand tonight.